Parts of this story involve graphic depictions of sexual violence and abuse. If you need help, Rain, that's R-A-I-N-N, has a lot of resources, including a 24-hour helpline. That's 800-656-HOPE. 800-656-HOPE. This podcast is not associated or endorsed by Rain, but they are a wonderful resource dedicated to making the world a better place. This episode includes depictions of child abuse. If you or anyone you know are in need of help, please contact the National Child Abuse Hotline, 1-800-4-A-CHILD. That's 1-800-4-A-CHILD. Or visit www.childhelp.org. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 17 The Forward Motion of Tipitarius Year 30 B.T.W. Before the Wizard Upon his return to the house with Jack and the newly created tree horse, Tipitarius found Momby waiting patiently at the front door. As he halted his small gang, the world fell silent. The wind stopped, and the trees stilled themselves in their places. Even Jack and the tree horse could sense the dread in their creator's soul, despite having never met Momby. Tip slowly climbed down, and even more slowly made his way to his adopted mother, not once making eye contact with her. I see you've been out in the woods performing magic, she said sternly, yet gently. Yes, ma'am, replied Tip quietly as he kicked some loose dirt from his shoes. Tipitarius, said Momby. Her tone was strangely kind. It was so strange, in fact, that Tip raised his head to look her in the eyes. An action so rare, he could not believe he was doing it. I think it's time I set you free. You mean, someone has agreed to adopt me? Asked Tip, his voice brimming with hope. Was it that lovely couple? No, said Momby sternly. They decided against adoption. Tip's eyes grew wide and fearful. If he was not going to be adopted, what did she mean by set you free? Was she going to kill him? Was she truly fed up with his 
shenanigans, and hijinks. Had this adventure been what Mombi considered to be his last? He swallowed with fear as Mombi set a cold hand on his warm shoulder. You've been here long enough, she continued, and I will set you free to roam the land with your pumpkin-headed friend and your, uh, tree horse. Tip interrupted. I call him a tree horse. Mombi looked at the beast. It did not look like a horse, but more like a giant lizard. Uh, people ride horses, Tip explained. If he is not a horse, how could I ride him? Mombi smiled a rare smile and laughed an even more rare laugh. Your logic is truly impeccable, she said as she moved out of the doorway and gestured for him to enter. She looked at the dumbfounded tree horse and pumpkin man. You two stay out here, she said coldly as she turned back into the house, closing the door behind her. Mombi cooked a feast of Tip's favorite foods, which he ate graciously and even allowed him to drink her finest wine, which he drank reluctantly. It was an uncommon treat for her to prepare such an exquisite meal, and even more uncommon that she shared her alcohol with him. Why waste such a superior thing on such an inferior thing, she used to say. As Tip ate and drank, Mombi explained that his freedom hinged on his ability to perform one final task. You must bring me a replacement, she said. A replacement? asked Tip with a mouth half full of roasted gump, which he quickly washed down with the bittersweet drink of the dark red wine that sat in front of him. You can't leave me out here on my own, Mombi continued. There is a woman that lives on the edge of the forest. Tomorrow she will be in the forest. Your job, she said as she picked up an apple from the table and took a large, crisp bite out of it. She chewed and swallowed before continuing. Is to get her to break the unspoken rule. Once that is done, she will belong to me and you will be set free of this place, once and for all. Tip looked at her. It seemed like a pretty cherry deal. Trading his life for another seemed fair enough to his ten-year-old mind. Ethics did not even factor into his decision to do what was asked of him. <laughs> deal, he said as he took another drink. His body was small, and his alcohol tolerance was low. He could feel his tongue growing heavy, resulting in a slurred speech. His vision became blurred, and when he could manage to focus, it became doubled. The room spun around him, and he could not help but feel nauseous. He tried to stand, but found his legs weak as he stumbled back into his chair. He watched as a blurry, sometimes doubled-up version of Mombi 
got up from her own chair and slowly made her way to him. He shuddered as her icy hand wrapped around his own warm hand. At her gentle, unspoken command, he raised himself to his feet. He watched as the colors faded in and out of the world. He stumbled as the floor beneath him seemingly rose and fell unevenly with each step. He listened as his ears filled with a loud sound, not unlike the sound of waves crashing all around him. He followed Mombi to her bedroom, never letting go of her hand. Tipitarius awoke in the middle of the forest, with little recollection of his past. He tried to move, but was confined. Panic set in as he began to struggle to get free. He was currently being held in place by a mess of weeds and vines growing around him and covering his entire body. Confusion set in as the vines shriveled away, disappearing back into the ground as they released him. Once free of constraints, he examined himself. He was clad in a bright green vest. His pants were green as well, though they were a darker shade. Beneath his vest was a white shirt. It had noticeable red splatters and splotches on the arms. Splatters and splotches that were absent from the green fabric of his vest. Resting atop his blonde, hair-covered head was a green hat with a bright, fluffy yellow feather resting on the side, tilting back to keep the wind from catching it. As he stood up, his head was flooded with memories. A family. Murdered. A house. Destroyed. He rubbed his aching head, trying to get a grasp of the strange deja vu that encompassed his mind. Did he murder his family? Was this his family? There was a woman, a, a beautiful woman, an older woman. He kissed her. No, no, she kissed him. Her hands were cold to the touch. Her lips were cold as they pressed against his neck. His eyes closed as he tried harder to remember. He could feel a hardness between his legs as he caught glimpses of his past. He remembered the coldness, the softness, the hands on his bare chest as they traveled downward. A stroking, followed by a wetness followed by a strange, warm sensation. It was somehow... comforting? As he reached his hands down to relive the fragments of his lost memories, he felt his entire body grow cold. Suddenly, a sadness set in. He felt shame and guilt. He felt loved yet hated at the same time. He felt dirty and used. 
A sense of pure sorrow washed over his body as he fell back to his knees and cried. It was not comfort. It was abuse. Soon his memories were clear. The family was his. The killer was a witch. She called herself Mombi. And she was not done with him. She would be coming for him. And she would catch him if he did not get out of the woods as soon as possible. Tip stood back up and began running through the forest, stopping only when he came across a young woman by the name of Beatrice.